In America, the holiday season is typically one of the highest periods for suicide and depression during the year. Why that when everything is so joyous? And when coupled with a now nine-month period of separation, isolation in some cases, with work and financial uncertainty along with living routine upheaval, it's an emotionally toxic mix that can be a real social challenge. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. A friend recently commented to me the pandemic this holiday keeps him from having to endure at holiday dinner an uncle who has nothing good to say about anything. At the same time, he notes, it also separates him from those positive relatives who are a joy to be around. That's the double-edged sword many are experiencing this holiday season. With insights again regarding how to balance ourselves during this time of potential emotional mood swings, from the Adams County Community Read Center, with us again is Dr. Cameron Cannon. Some of the things we talked about before, kind of keeping focused on sleep, exercise, eating, and connecting with others. Um, but yeah. there's tons of, you know, tips and tricks, and I would say, you know, one of the big ones is kind of taking mini breaks throughout the day to be mindful, pray, do whatever you need to do to kind of just get your mind off it for two to three minutes. That can kind of help. Um, and then also always looking for those kind of less harmful replacement behaviors. Uh, so a good example in my own life is I love Cheetos and junk food, and that's not good for me, but when I'm really stressed, that's what I want to eat. And as yeah, I get older, yeah. that's more and more of a problem. So, you know, another thing that's probably not great for me is I love to play video games. And so sometimes I'll take, okay, I'm going to go play some video games to unwind instead of eating that entire bag of Doritos. And that's not necessarily a healthy choice, but it's a more healthy choice. And so I think yeah. that's something for people to really try to grasp over the holidays is not necessarily being perfect. Don't, you know, we, we've got to give grace and forgiveness to others and ourselves, but also trying to take those baby steps, you know, towards healthier habits. For singles and seniors, I mean, this period, it was isolating enough with the COVID, you know, don't see this person, don't see that one. And now you got the holidays on top of it. And I know you're saying that connection is real important. And we've also been hearing lately, I don't know, you probably heard more of it than I have, that people are becoming Zoomed out. You know, but um, like Zoom maybe using the technology may be the key thing to keeping those uh, connections fresh and consistent. I'm always a big fan of, of creative ways, and so people are thinking of all kinds of things. Um, my daughter, who's nine, has been playing with her friends over the Internet playing a game called Roblox, which is just a silly little thing where you go and run around and do things, and at the same time they're talking on the phone, and so... Yeah, you know, that's how they connect. And, you know, I, I just I don't have any specific advice on dealing with that. But I do know that that's going to be tricky, especially when holidays are coming up um, for anybody that's lost someone. That's going to be a big deal, too, is making sure there's ways that you're connecting with the family and friends of that loved one who you've lost. Because um, I'll tell you from personal experience, I lost my grandmother and my uncle during the pandemic weird when you have to do them over video and it was just this miserable awkward experience but we found ways to make it work and we found ways to laugh and remember the good times and cry together even though we were all you know hundreds of miles away and so it's just it's just being intentional with those things and not forgetting about them just like you wouldn't you know stop flossing or brushing your teeth 
and hope that your teeth are healthy. Like you got to kind of push into those behaviors and connections to prevent things from feeling worse. Yeah, yeah, you're saying to go to it, not move away from it because it hurts too much. To embrace it, give it its time, give it its due, you know, to grieve. Uh, it's important to do that, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, grieving the loss, there, there's so much loss that we've experienced, and avoiding those feelings and avoiding that tends to not work out well most of the time. And grief is another interesting thing where a lot of times, you know, when we have people coming in to the office, maybe they're grieving a loss. That's not really something that usually people need psychotherapy for because there's a lot of natural supports around. Right now, that might be something that's more difficult for them to grieve. And so, you know, if it's if the feelings of loss and intense sadness and stress, changes in eating habits, sleep, all that stuff is there for, you know, maybe more than a couple of weeks. And it doesn't have that kind of normal flow and rhythm of grief, which is like really intense when you get triggered and remember, and then you start to feel a little better and then really intense. And that kind of settles over time. Um, it might be turning into something like a depressive episode or, or other types of complicated mental health concerns. Yeah. Yeah. It could give you a depression just by, 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 I think going, going over it in your mind over and over and over again. And, you know, the, the, the thing that COVID is unfair, that if that hadn't happened, somebody would be here or I would be there. Um, you can, you can wallow in it, as I say, probably a little too, too much, but you have to respect it as a part of the healing process, I would think. It's pretty well, pretty well received in the world of psychology that emotional suppression, you know, kind of just pushing it down or pretending like things aren't there or avoiding the feelings tends mm -hmm. to not work well. Like that's great for very temporary things like, you know, if you're nervous for a, a presentation and you get anxious, it's okay to like push that down a little bit so that you can do the presentation or hold it together at work so then you can go kind of experience the feelings later if you need to be in a professional environment. But doing that a lot and frequently and intensely tends to lead people to kind of have these weird blow-ups is what a lot of us in the, the field have noticed. And so, yeah, I would, I would encourage people, you know, let those feelings happen and roll with them. I mean, it's part of our life. We have feelings, you know. They help us make sense of the world, and they're important. Yeah, and what you're saying, that we have feelings, that also applies no matter what a community or culture in the community you're part of. You know, uh, uh, people of color, they're going to have the same type of uh, depression and anxieties as Anglo people will as well. And uh, so you have to pay attention to that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing because, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. You know, every culture has different ways of grieving, but there is yeah. some underlying consistencies around that sense of loss and sadness and things. And I think you just tapped on a, another huge thing that can be so powerful during all of this is to just remember that all of us are human. You know, we all have inherent worth just because we're human. And so yeah. that person that cut you off in traffic, that person who you know, yells at you in the in the grocery store and just moving towards forgiveness and letting go of that can be insanely powerful in just recognizing everybody's struggling, everybody's having a hard time. And then the same with yourself, you know, recognizing that 
you know, just because someone doesn't get you from across the culture, things like that, like you can try again and you can keep working and, and, and kind of letting go of that self-deprecating guilt. I'm a bad person kind of thinking and thinking about how you can move forward. We, I kind of, and at work, a lot of times we call it like vent and rally. So, you know, vent, get those feelings out. And then now we have to think about how we're going to move towards something better, something healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Looking ahead then looking ahead, how do parents, uh, run mentally healthy interference for kids who are trying to interpret, you know, what's going on. And they're pretty linear, you know, and some of these things that are going on now are very abstract and uh, keeping them uh, mentally strong. You know, what do they say to kids? How do they divert them or do they? Well, um, I will say I have two children and I can tell you what you should do but I'm not going to pretend okay. like I'm always the one that actually does the thing. Uh, they, you know, the curse of being a psychologist kid is they call me out on the to- all the time when I'm like being, you know, not a good psychologist dad. So, uh, you know, with parenting, I think two huge things that come up a ton, even when we're not in the middle of a pandemic is the first is this idea of you really need to kind of love yourself before you love your kids or in order to yeah. love your kids. So love yourself in order to love your kids um, because they pick up on a lot. You know, they're, they're not dumb. Like from the very earliest age, like they can sense your emotions and they can sense how your tone of voice and they can sense your stress levels just like we do with other people. And so if you feel like you're fooling them into thinking everything is okay, that's probably not working. And so making sure that you're taking care of yourself, having those feelings, processing them, thinking through them, and just acknowledging them and helping your kids understand, like, this is just part of life. Stress is a normal part of life, and we're going to do this, this, and this. Um, And then I think also on that, having good boundaries with them around loving yourself and finding those adults to connect to, because I have seen sometimes parents lean too much on their kids for support, and that's just not usually the healthiest way to go. Um, It's it's better to have those kind of adult-to-adult support relationships. So right. love yourself in order to love your kids. I think the calmer you are, the better you are, the healthier you are, the better you're able to parent. And then the second piece is I always think about like character over compliance. And this may get, you know, different people have different value systems. So this may not fit for everybody. But I really think when we're when we're raising children during this pandemic, we're going to be really tempted to just have them behave. Um, because they're driving us crazy and they're stressful. I mean, I'm in my garage right now doing this interview because I have uh, my kids at home, you know, because they're doing remote work and I didn't want to be interrupted. And so it's like all these sacrifices you're making. But at the same time, like, we need to take those moments and help them understand why we're doing the things we're doing, why the discipline is the way it is, where we want them to grow, help them think through problems, things like that, instead of just saying, you did this thing, now here's your punishment. Um, so yeah, I think those are the two biggest things. And then again, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to plug us again, community reach center and, and your local mental health provider. If you're feeling a little out of control or you feel like your kids are struggling, um, that it, it's just so helpful to have somebody again, to just talk through and think through those different situations. Cause it is so situation specific a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I know your kids are smaller, but uh, do parents who have teenagers perhaps, uh, uh, support and talk to them differently than smaller kids. Maybe teenagers can 
decipher a lot of the other things that are the abstracts that are going on, but the parent may have to uh, position it for them as to what it means to them and their family so that teens don't internalize and, and Lord knows, hear what their friends are saying on top of it, you know, which may lead them in a wrong direction. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you said that. I think that's something that sometimes people forget about. Two things sometimes people forget about is first is there's a development process, you know, and young kids aren't thinking like adults all the way. I mean, it's probably not until early 20s that people can really kind of think in the same way that a 30 or 40 year old can. And so making sure that we're kind of adjusting our conversations and tone and and depth and abstractness, concreteness, all of that. And we know that like usually around puberty is when uh, children start to really get that sense of abstract reasoning. They can kind of think in more existential ways and think about the world and the values they have. And so I'd say, yeah, absolutely around that age and above, talk to them about the big thing. You know, what are your family's values? What are your family's beliefs? If you have spiritual and religious beliefs, I think it's great to be integrating those and helping kids understand from that perspective. Um, that way they can start making sense of things because what they, what they really need are, are frameworks, you know, kind of frameworks, yeah. and we call them schemas, like cognitive schemas, um, that they interpret the world through, and we want to help them create adaptive and healthy ones as they move forward, and it just becomes more and more important as they enter that, you know, kind of abstract thinking age around 12, 13. Again, we thank Dr. Cameron Cannon for sharing a few moments with us again on this edition. If you are feeling emotionally fragile or are aware of someone who may be, the prevention hotline to call 24-7 is 1-800-273-2855. That's 1-800-273-2855. I'm Adam Morgan. Start a new tradition this holiday and share it with family and friends next year. Keep safe and mask up when going out. And many thanks to you again for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.